You've tuned in to Tracy R's new program, Behind Closed Doors. Please listen to our disclaimer. This program explores all topics relating to sex work. The show is hosted by several sex worker peer hosts, and we pride ourselves on facilitating a comfortable space for sex workers to share their experiences. Behind Closed Doors aims to uncover what the sex industry is really like. We value the varied opinions and experiences of sex workers and we also appreciate questions and curiosities from the general public. Our program, Behind Closed Doors, exists to bridge the gaps. Please be mindful that the nature of this program may not be for you and is not suited for little ease. There is also possibility of explicit language used. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Behind Closed Doors on 3CR 855 AM and digital. I'm your host for today, Dean, and with me I have Rita Therese. Rita's new book, Come, has just been released and it's a memoir about her life working in the sex industry in and around Australia. Welcome to Behind Closed Doors, Rita. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, first of all, thank you so much for writing this book. When I read it, and I literally could not put it down, I just <laughs> had to have like a checklist going, tick, yep, been there, done that, yep, tip, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've heard about that, I've witnessed it, I've experienced it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then there's a, I'm not going to give the plot away, but there's a, a twist uh, sort of middle to near the end of the book where I thought, oh, my gosh, this has really taken a bit of a turn. Thank you for writing the book, and it was nothing that I thought it would be. What inspired you to write this book? Well, I think what happened was is I started writing about five years ago for myself again, doing these little zines. And I think a lot of other sex work workers would understand this is you know, I'm a face out worker, and so much of my brand was being out, being that person. And there was no space left for me to experiencing anything that wasn't really sanitized and really client friendly and really palatable. And I had a lot that I needed to talk about during work that wasn't fun and sexy or, or was really dark and funny. And so I started writing my little zines that I sold online and they did really well. People really liked them and it was really fun um, commissioning. I commissioned artists for each different issue to do a really beautiful cover and I loved it. And then what happened was after that is one of the zines, Fantasy, which is when I actually just wrote this really hardcore erotica about, you know, blowing bikies at like topless waitressing gigs and jacking off in a phone booth and this really dark, funny, like uh, sexy erotica. One of those zines found its way into the hands of a publisher and um, she loved it. And then uh, through friends, she reached out to me and she said, would you consider writing a memoir? Would you consider turning your zines into a kind of a long form book? And so that's what happened. Basically, I took the zines and I went back through all of them. And then I rewrote a lot of the stories. I wrote new ones. That was kind of the inspiration. I think as sex workers, you know, we sometimes you can feel a little boxed in and, and the, op- the opportunity to have a book that was going to be read and, and seen by a wide audience. I really wanted to have that opportunity. How long did it actually take you to finish writing this book? The book itself 
I wrote the first draft and I finished it and then I remember reading it and I'm like, I hate it. It didn't sound like me. And that has been a critique of my book. Um, Some people have read it and said it's not linear. And when I wrote the book in a linear way, it was so boring and it sounded so hokey and cheesy. And so I spent six months on that draft. I tossed it out. I went back through it all again and then I was working on a really tight deadline. So I managed to bash out the whole book in like, I think two months <laughs> and just managed to scrape it into the deadline. And then I loved it. I loved that version of the book that was more authentic and more me. With writing the book, did you feel that there were parts that you couldn't write or this is just a whole you in a nutshell? I think there is a lot of stuff in the book I didn't put in only because writing the book was so cathartic and its process and, and to go back and I think a lot of sex work for me has been about being able to compartmentalize so I can keep going to work, keep showing up to my shifts. And there was a lot of stuff and a lot of things that I had never really sat down and thought about. So whilst there is a lot of really personal stuff in that book, there are still a lot of things I didn't touch on because I don't even think I fully understood you know, my relationship with my family or my relationship to myself. And once I finished the book and handed it in, that's when more growth happened, you know? Yes, because the book, and again, I'm not going to give the plot away, but the the book really does explore your life as a sex worker, how you got into the industry, the various different types of sex work uh, that you did, as well as your own personal journey of, of situations and experiences that you had as the private person as well as the sex worker. It's so interesting, you know, you you literally have been there, done that. You you know, you've done porn, you've done stripping, uh, you've done, you know, um, bucks parties as a dancer and a stripper, you've been a private escort, you worked in brothels. Is there anything that you haven't done that you would like to do in the industry? I'm really interested in doing more kind of femdom work. I love like the old the old school dominatrixes. I think they're really amazing and I love the work they do. I don't know if I could have that kind of setup and the training is so hard. So I think femdom, like working more doing like a softer dom work where it's kind of almost like a it's like a bratty bitch girlfriend you know like kind of like super high heels and like that's kind of like I think what I would be interested in exploring next I get a lot of requests for it as a worker radio memoir is based on your experiences as a sex worker and it's filled with so many colorful characters incredible experiences and situations have you ever thought of having it dramatized into a tv series yeah it is something that i think my publisher is very interested in and as well we have had some interest from some different parties about it i actually got it stipulated in my contract that i am i couldn't get the tv rights for myself which is understandable like that is something that i think they really wanted which is great for me but i have got in my contract that i will be a creative director or on the creative team because that's what i do the last thing i want is some like weird drama school kid playing me like that will give me an actual mental breakdown and <laughs> and i really want the right music you know what i mean like i don't want and i, I want it to be like even i was thinking about like a strip club scene and i'm like it's so fluid and so beautiful. Why wouldn't we have classical music playing for that scene? Like I can, I can see the show in my head of how it should look and, and it, I don't want it to be cheesy and I, I don't want it to be, I don't know how to describe it. Like I want it to be like Ryan Murphy does, you know, 
sex work. You know what I mean? Like that kind of campy, beautiful, gritty kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It's it's a really fine balance of having it being not too cheesy and G-rated, yet you don't want it to be too, uh, I guess, sensationalised either. Yeah, not underbelly. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I want it to be like Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. I do really love the Underbelly series with that um, when the girl works in the cross, you know, like when they're in the 80s. She's so hot and all her outfits are so good. I'm like, I'm obsessed. What you have written is very accessible. Shouldn't be Underbelly. Yeah, maybe Ryan Murphy. Who do you see playing yourself? I don't know. I think I would love to have someone who had been in the industry. Then they would get it and I think they'd be able to really encapsulate that way of being and it wouldn't seem so forced. I think what you're aiming for is the true authenticity of the character. Unless you have lived experience, it's really hard to capture that. Tune into the station that gives voices to sex workers. Subscribe to 3CR. We're back on Behind Closed Doors on 3CR 855 AM and Digital Radio. My name's Dean and I've been chatting with Rita Therese about her life and, more importantly, about her book, C-O-M-E, Come, that's just been released. Rita, will there be a sequel? Maybe when I'm older, you know. I, I feel like it would be pretty rich of me now to turn around at 27 and be like, now I've got a thing to tell all you people as a as a strong matriarch. Um, <laughs> but I definitely would love to write another book. I think the, the next book I want to do is I want it. One of the things I had a lot of people reach out to me about my book was saying I've really experienced that feeling of, of having to submit to the ordeal of being known, having to submit to the idea of being loved and and what that means when I've grown up in an abusive household and I, I don't know what love is and I can't understand love and that that's something I still struggle with. I think that's the next book I'd like to write is is about how do we love? How do you learn to accept love? How do you go through the pain of having to be loved? You know, it's actually a really hard thing to do. Mm, I know. And that's the thing that really surprised me because your your book is written in such a way that you know you're really sucked in, pardon the pun, and you think, okay, here's some you know rollicking good stories, wow, and then you slowly, like an onion, you slowly peel the layers, and you're left crying in the end because you you take us on this journey of well, I'm not just this sex worker, I've I'm a person, I've lived life, I've had a bit of trauma, but I'm also on a journey of discovering myself. And that's what I didn't expect at all. I just thought, okay, you know, here, here's some good stories. Here's a bit of drama here and there. Okay, fine. What's going to happen next? I didn't expect it at all, which I thought was really, really clever of you. Well written. And I, I, I really wanted to know more. What you just said is really great because part two could possibly be about, you know, love and a more existential notion of, you know, where do you see yourself in this world, in this universe? Yes, that's that's kind of what I wanted with the book and you know, I writing writing the book and for me was such a journey. You know, it was such a journey of going within myself and my psyche and and I feel lucky for it. Look, at the time I didn't feel very lucky. I was just like when will this nightmare end? This like Jungian psychoanalysis. When I got to the end and I finished it, I remember just crying because I was like I can't believe how how long I've gone without really knowing myself. And that, that I think was the message in the book when it got to the end was about the, 
like having more knowledge of the self and, and what you want in life. And, and sex work is just the background. And also, you know, being a business lady, uh, I knew that, 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 that the sex work as well too would, would hook people in. And then it's like, but here's what else, what else I have to say. Did you have that in mind when you were writing, that sort of subconscious, I guess, subtext? Yes, that was one of the reasons I pushed so hard to get the cover I wanted because initially the cover sent to me was a little bit more sex workery, you know, kind of like white rumpled sheets. And I saw it and I just had this like blinding rage. And I'm like, that is not the cover of my book. I'm like, because that's not what my book's about. And I don't want someone to pick this up and be like, what a light, frivolous read to like, have a, you know, toss in the trash. I'm like, no, this is an an ode to grief and love and sexuality and being human. And I need a cover that represents that. And why come as a title? Because A, it's like a bit racy. Everyone's like, wow, (laughs) what's this about? And, you know, it is about coming because I do a lot of that in the book, but also about kind of coming into yourself and, and going through journeys, going through life, coming in and out of even like talking about, you know, PTSD, coming in and out of reality, coming in and out of everything, that it, a journey. I think that was why the title really resonated for me. Breathe in and out. You're listening to 3CR. Okay, welcome back everyone on Behind Closed Doors on 3CR 855 AM and digital. I'm Dean. I'm back with Rita Therese. Before the break, we were chatting about how deep your book actually is, which brings to mind why are you studying or why did you study philosophy? So when my brother died, I had already, I had just enrolled for university. So I actually dropped out of school in year 10. I'm autistic and I didn't get diagnosed till much later on in life. I left school when I was 16 because it was just too hard for me socially. I went back. I was like, that's it. I'm going to go to university. I want to go and learn. And I applied for university. My my brother, uh, James, died in October and I just got accepted. So when I came back to school and I started the, you know, the following semester, I chose philosophy because I had so many questions and self-help books weren't answering them for me. I wanted to understand life and what it meant and how I felt and philosophy, I thought that would be the answer. And then the more I delved into it and the more I became absorbed into existentialism, I ended up changing my major to philosophy and I finished that degree and I now am studying law. So kind of a bit of an interesting jump. I got to the end of philosophy and I realised that what I wanted and what I was so passionate about in philosophy was always understanding stigma and deviancy and identity and social norms and my work and how those things were so heavily embraced. I saw that the changes I wanted to see in the world, I didn't know if writing philosophical papers that was going to happen. And so what I did was I actually applied to go and do law because I want to, and now I'm doing law, I've actually got a class later on today, because I want to represent sex workers in legislation and in and in court and to be the person that can help people who've been assaulted by clients or women who have to flee a DV relationship and, and need someone who can be on their team and really fight for them. That's what I want to do with my life. Well done. I mean, that, that's a, such a, a, a huge shift and also very courageous of you to actually face your own personal demons and have that self-growth. Thank you. Yeah, I... philosophy was very interesting and to do but I just didn't see the scope 
it was very helpful for me to understand death and to understand life, but it wasn't, it's not, it's not forever for me. I I need to be doing something that's a little bit more hands-on and philosophy is very ephemeral and it's really beautiful and interesting, but it's just not, it's just not enough for me. How are you finding having that balance of sex working life, private life student? I love studying law. I, I'm so interested in it. I'm so passionate about it. And, you know, especially that, that laser focus autism that just like, oh, this is what I'm interested in now. So this is all I'm going to talk about, do. Um, I get really fascinated by cases and stuff. And so it's, it is quite easy for me to balance it at the moment because I, I'm so invested in it. And I, I just, I so badly want to see decrim across Australia. I, I really, really want to see that change even if I just can help like in a, the tiniest fraction. So that kind of, that kind of propels me, but there's definitely days I think where I wonder and I worry that is, will my, my past as a sex worker affect my opportunities to become a lawyer, you know? And I just try to not think about it too much and think, well, I can always dye my hair brown and maybe get a few tattoos lasered off. And suddenly uh, old blondie doing the, you know, the dildo show online, she's a bit unrecognisable now. So, like, that's that's sort of what I hope for. And, you know, maybe the world will be a bit different in five years' time. Who knows? The world already is different. And I think that what this situation that we're all in with COVID-19 has really shaken the entire world. Personally, I feel that it's it's made me appreciate and be more grateful of people around me and to really appreciate what has happened in my life and what is my life right now. And I think a lot of us realize, you know, who our true friends are, who who has our back and what is important in our life. And it's not about stuff. It's not about the superficial. It's not about titles. It's about, well, what are you actually doing in your life that has purpose and meaning? And that could be as simple as being kind to yourself. Simple as that. Starts with yourself and then it reverberates to the people around you and, and being kind and being appreciative and saying, okay, well, what, what kind of society, what kind of world do you want to live in? It's, it's a, lot of, a lot of big questions. You know, it's, I found it extremely challenging. I've loved every minute of it now. I've realized that, you know what, it's, it's here for a reason. Now we have to keep going. The show must go on, but let's maybe do it in a different way. Yeah, I agree. The first little while I struggled because change and autism, not not the hottest mix. But then as soon as I got used to it, I started to really connect with a lot of my friends that I have, I guess, drifted from because I've been so busy with my book and everything and having the time, you know, getting a cat, being out of time to just watch them play. Like it's been shitty seeing the way that sex workers have been really heavily discriminated against in this legislation that's been passed, especially if they're caught working. I have been lucky enough, I suppose, to be able to do OnlyFans and be at home. So I agree with you. It it, it has been a time of kind of, of pausing and not having to see clients because I suppose we're forced to, but to be able to actually be with yourself, you know? Humans are such social creatures and we're so we're tribal we're, we're community orientated and I think the isolation has been very hard like I'm incredibly lucky I have two housemates and two cats so it's just for me I'm, I'm okay but I have reached out to a lot of my friends who are living solo because it's hard you know we need touch and we need talk I completely get that too and I've I've, I've told that to friends and family to say look you know call each other 
and I've done that and, and called fellow you know sex workers and people in my peer group to say are you okay let's have a chat let's have an actual you know instead of texting each other or messaging each other let's just actually pick up the phone and have an old-fashioned phone call and we do and it's just so refreshing yeah it's good huh I do that with my best friend pretty much every day her and I will call each other for like an hour and I'll literally just be doing the laundry or washing the dishes and have her on FaceTime and we just chit chat away it's so nice now it's so fascinating how technology is literally at our fingertips and we, that, that's I think that's the best thing I, I love about our time now we are in control so before you mentioned the only fans and i've noticed that a lot of my peer group which is you know predominantly male identifying workers you know we're all online and a lot of my peers are now going into camming work and only fans or just for fans or whatever platform is available and they're making their money there which is fantastic they're in charge yes yeah Have, having this web hosting system is so great because I, I actually found my old porn email a few days ago and I was going through it and I was like, my God, I'm like, I look a lot better now. But um, <laughs> I um, I found like I remembered back then like all the girls that did porn, like what we would do OnlyFans now. You know, you had to go out, you had to buy a domain name, you had to get hosting, you had to get your secure card server done in like the Netherlands or some other place because nowhere in Australia would let you do MasterCard. It was this whole process i reckon it would have cost you like minimum 10 grand to set up your own porn site and now it's just so amazing because OnlyFans and you know many vids and all these websites they offer you that hosting and take a percentage instead of you having to go out and set up this entire website with like seo and all it just it's so different and that's only what 2013 that i'm thinking of you know i love how it's given workers a sense of freedom and autonomy it's it's brilliant yeah we just need a a, you know a decent half decent internet connection and away we go literally and I I do think as well too like I I did porn when I was younger and um I I liked it and I didn't like it and I think the one thing I didn't like was having to in front of so many people and also not having my boundaries respected with the company I worked with and when I get to shoot on my own I've fallen back in love with doing porn. I'm like, oh, I remembered why I actually wanted to do this because I felt really sexy. The company I shot with made me wear the ugliest clothes and they always were like very girlfriend, girl next door bull, which is so not my vibe. And they're like, oh, put on this brown smock. And um, if you wouldn't mind not shaving your bush and I'm like excuse me and then they were like oh PS oh you've got fake tan on better scrub that off makeup don't wear any of that I'm like what the flying is this like all the porn that I'd ever seen was like glamorous all I wanted to look like was like Jenna Jameson and I looked like little house on the prairie and I'm like what is this bull so it's nice now being able to be in control of your own brand and your own image you know with having online content all right so what's the future I think have more queer relationships. That's something I wrote about in the book was that, you know, dating women for me has always been something that's just kind of happened really organically within sex work, which is where, you know, you do a double with someone and you really click or you, you know, I think because I was so like so badly bullied in high school because I was really openly and, and out as being bisexual and being queer when I was a teenager and then... I lived in this real bogan suburb and um, it's like, yeah, Dalek, like screamed out from a bus and, you know, I just, I wanted to be super femme and that was something I 
super feminine act pretend I was straight as I've gotten older and wiser I've realized well that's stupid so I've got a lot of catching up to do well there's another book for you you've got a whole series writing the book and I think being and and letting go of that internalized kind of shame and almost homophobia that I had about myself you know I'm was so my both my brothers my younger brother and my older brother are both gay gay cis men I was always so fine with queerness except when it came to myself and so now as I grow older and I've had that experience of writing the book and talking about my own sexual identity I'm like I want to explore this side more I want to go out and and feel awkward and you know have to learn to to be how to talk to women which is actually very hard um and much easier to to talk to men because I've done that my entire life so now I need to you know relearn this these new skills you know that's a whole other different thing to what I'm used to doing you know well there you go there's a lot more books a lot more tv series in the works I think it's good to have voices of lived experience Yeah, I really wanted the book to resonate with people who have felt those feelings because I think grief is maybe depicted in a way that I, when I was trying to find media about it, that felt very sanitized and it felt very like, oh, you'll cry. And it's like, I'm not crying. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I feel hollow. Like I have all these ugly, foul emotions that people are not making me feel are okay. And And I wanted people to read my book and to know that, their confusing, strange, dark emotions are actually really natural and normal. Your book's amazing because it does cover, you know, sex, love, grief, friendship, happiness, anger, trauma. It's, it's just so many powerful emotions that are allowed uh, a space to be expressed. Yeah, I'm really fascinated by, you know, the shadow self, like our, our shining positive qualities that are often mirrored by this kind of like other side and I think that's what I wanted to talk about a lot in the book about this Thanks Rita for being on Behind Closed Doors, Australia's only sex worker radio show. We look forward to hearing from you about your next project. Thank you and thank you so much for having me here today Well that's another episode of Behind Closed Doors, Australia's only sex worker radio show on 3CR 855 AM and digital. Back next Thursday 6pm for another show about sex work. This is Closer by Nine Inch Nails.